What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies. And the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus. So if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones like with Imadi Kund, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews. So check it out. Enjoy the repository. And for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to you, Graham Atley, who is the creator of the Triton Project. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Doing good. How about you? Doing really well. I, you know, I'm enjoying a cold day here in Phoenix. It's, it was a long summer, but finally we made it to the the time where I can wear my sweatshirt and my hoodie. But we're not here to talk about weather. We're here to talk about what you're working on. So can you kind of please share what what is the Triton Project? What are you working on? Um, so the Triton Project is basically it's a full blown AR headset that you can build using off the shelf components. You don't need to have a fancy lab or a million dollars of funding. You can. Pretty much build this in your basement, in your garage, in your dorm room, bedroom, whatever. Um, so it uses uh, 3D printed components and it uses electronics that you can order from AliExpress, uh, that come from China. And once you assemble this, you can put on the headset and you basically have a full blown AR head, uh, a, <clears throat> 3D interface, which I programmed uh, myself. And I sell that uh, software that runs on the headset. But um, the 3D printed parts are all CAD files. So um, you can actually go to the website and download those CAD files for free. Uh, that aspect of the project is open source to a degree. Uh, I have a certain license on that. But um, yeah, you can you can uh, get the 3D printed parts and assemble it. And you can buy the software for me for $4.99. So. So walk me through. So I actually am a, like a big fan of the, of this stuff. So I I don't know if you like this or not, but I um I, I got the Oculus Quest. Um, you know when it came out about a year ago. Uh, big fan of just like you know what could happen. What what is VR? What does AR look like in the future? So I'd love to kind of hear. Let's say I was to buy this, I was to try it out. Walk me through my experience and like what I can do with it. Um, so kind of walk me through from I find it online, I buy it, to so put it on my headset. What am I? What does that look like? And what can I do with it once I once I get it? So currently, uh, my headset, you would have to have a dedicated PC, like a, I guess you need like a gaming PC, a little bit higher end. And right now it's only tethered. So you plug it into the PC and you put on the headset, uh, you would load up my software and it would show you, um, so essentially you just stick out your palm, flip it over and you would see an AR menu that is attached to the business on your palm. So I can put anything on there. I could put a calculator. I could put the weather. I could put uh, Twitter on your palm. And it's, it's very cool. You could slide through that. Um, I didn't get all, I didn't, I wasn't able to do all that with my software currently. I just wanted to uh, build a very generic menu that developers can easily code and add their apps onto. So it'd just be like a baseline thing to do. So yeah, that's basically all I could do with it. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, it's exciting. I, I, I have to ask, like, why do you want to get into this? You know, or I guess another, what's the origin of the story for the Triton project and why do you want to start working on it? Uh, I mean, like, 
for VR, AR in general, I've always been very interested in it. Like I, for my 16th birthday, my parents bought me uh, the Oculus DK2, which is a development kit. Um, but how I got to the Triton, um, I really wanted to build my own headset and make my mark. So I never, this time last year in December of 2019, I was in my basement back home and I built this prototype, uh, what was going to be the Triton. And I called it Project Gokio, which is a weird name. But um, I posted it on social media and it gained a decent amount of traction. I had people messaging me saying, hey, um, how do you assemble this? Can you send me the specifications? Can I buy this from you? I was like, sorry, you, you probably can't assemble this. It's because it, it was um, all the components were attached with duct tape and Velcro and stuff. It wasn't, it was very premature. So I thought, okay, um, I had some background with CAD software. So I was like, well, I design a, a chassis for this, like, you know, like a physical mechanical setup that you could build. And I was, and it sort of started, started playing out in you know, like the vision for it. I was like, okay, maybe I can build a developer kit and sell this for X, X amount of dollars. And it started uh, heading towards that. So I started developing the design for it. And then I remember uh, COVID hit in around March and our university set us home. So my plans kind of changed a little bit. I was like, okay, I'm not really going to do a full on uh, kit anymore. I'm just going to open source the 3D printed parts and uh, I'll just sell the software for it. And um, it took about six months of work. I was staying up till like 3 a.m. pretty much every night. A lot of it um, was a little over my head, especially with the, some of the 3D, three-dimensional mathematics I had to do. Um, I didn't know a lot about CAD, so it was, it was a bit of a struggle there, you know, designing a product that would be comfortable and stuff like that. So there's a lot of testing, a lot of uh, frustrations, but around June, it was ready, it was ready to rock and roll. So I was really happy when I released it, so. And tell me a little bit about the, like the VR, AR market. So, and what I mean by this is what, what's interesting about it to you. Obviously you have to be pretty technical to be building for it. Um, so you obviously, have, you obviously have like a deep interest. Can you kind of walk me through like what's interesting about the market? And also where do you think the market could be going in the next five to 10 years? What are your, what are your, what are your thoughts on, on, on the trends? Okay. So um, my personal opinion is I don't, I don't think AR, as much as I love AR, I don't think it's going to work anytime soon. Um, there are fundamental display issues that we have not figured out. There's a, there's literal physics. I don't know if you heard of Anton do, but there's, there's, it's like a complicated equation that limits what we can do with light itself. So AR is kind of stuck right now. And I, mean, I think there's going to be more uh, research science and stuff into it. And, you know, companies are pouring billions of dollars, but AR might not happen until the 2030s, maybe the 2040s. Well, I, when I say that, I mean like the AR that we all can agree upon, which is like the Ray-Ban glasses that we would love to have that would just sit on your face all day. That technology, like, te that, that technology is very far away. We can still do stuff with AR today, but it's very limited. Um, VR on the other hand, which is like the sister technology or the, some people call it the little brother, I guess. Um, that technology seems to be doing uh, very successfully. Um, it, they, they, there's things that you can do with VR. You can increase the resolution of displays you can incrementally increase the field of view every year. So that industry is having a lot of success. Um, the only problem with the VR industry, I think, is it's a very deep and narrow market. So it's, it's really stuck to gaming right now. A lot of AAA companies are coming in making the games, which is cool, like um, Valve did Half-Life Alex and uh, EA did, uh, what was that, Squadrons, which is pretty cool, but it's, it's deep and narrow. And I know some people are working on um, productivity apps. So that could be interesting. So 
there may be a startup in the next five years that comes out of the, the Microsoft office of uh, VR, which would be interesting to see. But um, yeah, I think I definitely think by 2030, we'll see a billion people owning a VR headset using it for more than four hours every day. So yeah, definitely. That makes me uh, excited. Um, as someone that has been a, um, I, so I, I was never a VR critic, but VR is one of these things where you kind of have to try it to understand. And then still, if you try something like the, if you try, you know, like, I don't know, you have to like just keep trying better and better versions and like keep, keep dipping your, t- t- your feet in because things are obviously getting better. And you have people like you that are building for the industry too. It's like something's bound to happen and it has to be soon, which I think right. is yeah. you have to really nail the, uh, the demo when you give it to someone for the first time. Yeah. I had a, I I had a friend. Yeah. I gave him the quest and uh, he like, he really loved it. He thought it was amazing. And then I messed up the demo for another friend and he was not that interested in VR. And I was like, oh crap. I was like, he's not going to be a VR person for a while. That's interesting. I haven't thought about it like that. It, you're right though. Like I can't explain to someone why VR is so cool. I just need to put ahead. I need to demo them. But that demo is where the magic happens or it doesn't. That's like such an interesting con. Do you, I, I'm just, you may not have more thoughts on this, but I'm just wondering, like, have you put thought into the demo and like what makes a good demo and like how that relates to the market adoption? I, I, I just, I just got that thought just now. I'm curious if you have any thoughts on that. Oh, the demo is like fundamental, I think, to launching. I mean, I remember with the Oculus dev kits, they would just put you in Tuscany, um, like on a little villa. And I thought that was mind blowing. But uh, the new ones, the new demos are crazy. You know, they, they, they show you how to use the controllers. I think bringing hands into VR was like a huge uh, big deal for a lot of people. I think that like really freaks people's brains out, I guess, when you click and you see your thumbs and stuff moving around. So, but yeah, yeah I, building good demos is, is so important. To, uh, to converting people, I guess, into VR believers. It's, it's good to think about just as I, as I think about on like a, like a investor level or whatever, like a higher level, like VR adoption and stuff. So let's talk about, you know, for you, if you look out like 10, like 10 years or 15 or however long else you want to look out, um, what, what do you want the trade and project to kind of turn into? What could it turn into? I guess, in other words, what's your vision here? And if you, if you work on this for, you know, a certain amount of time, like what could it look like then? Um, I think I would like my project. I mean, my vision for the project is to be like the de facto uh, thing to go for, for like, you know, like research projects and universities and, you know, kids like me, college kids like me who want to just get into this sort of stuff to just hack it. I, you know, I like, I like the hacker community and stuff and be able to uh, mix and match. But um, I, I'd say my longer term vision, uh, what I want to do in like the startup world is um, I think as the VR industry grows and it begins to scale, there's definitely going to be, uh, migraine level problems that like they're gonna run into like certain bottlenecks and I definitely want to start like a company or create a technology that will help solve those migraine problems because I think that's where a lot of the money is so yeah and to kind of like help you make the ultimately the vision for VR happen or to help you get to where you want to be in tech or in startups you know it takes a village you know for each individual person to get to a certain place and it takes help and you know you kind of people to help each other out so my question for you is how can the forward thinking founders community help you either with the Triton project or just with your career in tech you know are you you know looking for users for the Triton project are you looking for potential investors um you know partnerships how can the community assist uh, you know, I'm always looking for users and stuff. I'm definitely looking for critical feedback. I really want people to be uh, not so much harsh, but like I could definitely use 
some critical feedback in terms of, like the code base and stuff like where I went wrong, what's wrong with my design, you know. I want people to be critical. I want I definitely want users. But in terms of the community, if there's any founders out there who are listening, I would really like it to reach out. You know, give me some of your tips on how you validate like a business idea. What's your tips and stuff? How do you navigate the venture capital world? And how do you motivate people to join you and basically work for free for the next five years with uh, you know, take a take a bet, you know, stuff like that. I'm, I'm with you there. I, I feel like I've gotten my, like through the school of hard knocks, I've gotten my education in that over the last like six years for better or for worse. Um, it is, it is a fun, it's a fun ride for sure. Um, if someone did want to reach out, um, you know, and help you with any of these things or get involved, how can someone, you know, learn more about the Triton project? You know, do you have a, do you have a URL? Um, can they find you on social media? Do you have an email? How can someone get in touch if they want to? Okay. Yeah. Um, so Leap 27, uh, I, you can go to leap27.com and just go to contact and it'll be a big bold letters. It'll just be my email and you can reach out to me there. Um, I'm very active on Twitter. So you can go to just type in Graham Atley on uh, Twitter and just send me a, a text message. My DMs are open. So, yeah. All right. DMs are open. That's like the, that is like that, like DMs are, those three words are going to be the cause for like $17 billion companies in the 2020s. It's just like DMs open, like Twitter is where the magic, <laughs> actually, I do have one last question for you. Then we'll call it a day. You, you say you're active on Twitter. If, if someone's listening to this and they're like, why the hell are you active on Twitter? You know, what's on Twitter? What is on Twitter? Um, obviously, you know, I'm active too. I, I don't need the answer to this, but just for people listening, what, why are you active? What, what's that? What's on it for you? What's on Twitter for me? Yeah. Like, I'm curious. Like, what do you like about oh. Twitter? Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard. It's kind of hard. You can create your own custom feed. Like if you're really into technology, if you have like a certain niche or a niche or whatever you call it, a niche, you can create that niche and just get constant news updates from that and you get like a flood of information. I don't, it's just so interactive. And there's like such cool things happening every day. I think there's job offers happening on Twitter, people talking about the latest startups. So I'm, I'm addicted to Twitter. I, I love it. So I, people knock it all the time, but they just, they probably didn't set up their Twitter feed correctly. That's <laughs> right. Even. It's just like the demo, right? Like uh, you got to get the Twitter feed, right? I fully agree. Twitter is a superpower if you know how to use it. Well, Graham, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. I really appreciate it. You're literally building the future. I'm looking forward to seeing you know how it unfolds. So thanks again for coming on. All right. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it.